One last. Wait. Oh. Uh. <laughs> one more. One more. Okay. We good? Yes. Yes. Okay. God. Good. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Welcome to another episode of Disney Versus, where we have 258 days until Halloween. This is the podcast where we have animated discussions about animated movies. I'm Tori. I'm Grace. And I'm Heather. If you're new to the show, welcome. What we do on this show is we've taken 64 Disney and Pixar movies, we've ranked them in a March Madness style bracket, and we uh, argue, debate, talk shit about them until we have a true winner. We are in season three. We have 16 wonderful, air quotes around wonderful movies left to talk about. So we've uh, decided to get some help. We have a special guest with us, the wonderful Casey Butler. Welcome, Casey. Hi, everybody. Thank you. you. How are you doing? I am fine. Glad to be here and not at work or anywhere else. Woo, not work. (laughs) Because yay adulting. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's been a minute since we've talked about some of these movies. I'm glad that we're finally getting back to a Bracket episode, even though the past three episodes have been loads of fun. Oh, yeah. There's not much news to talk about, except a trailer dropped, uh, what was it, Wednesday for a movie called The Incredibles 2. Have you guys heard of this? I'm guessing what, it's a what? sequel because of the two. I mean... I'd assume I, so. I, I mean... I, yeah, the Incredibles. <laughs> I thought it was the Fantastic Four, but okay. Incredibles. Fantastic Four time. Incredibles. Yeah, the French version. Incredibles par deux. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of the trailer? I know Grace was probably the most excited. Yeah. Um. I. So I saw the. the okay. So the Olympics have been on. I love watching the Olympics every. Every two years. Go Team USA. Um, Go America. Go Team USA. If you don't like it, you can I, get out. So I've been switching to a morning schedule where I open three days a week. I work from 5.30 to 1.30. And then two days a week, I work from 8.30 to 4.30. And so I've been really trying to adjust my schedule to where I go to bed on time. And the Olympics are making that really, really hard. Because we're and America and we're awesome. And they're hosting it like in South Korea, aren't they? Yeah. No, it's just the it's just Korea. Oh, it's just because Korea. they joined, and it's the Olympic athletes of Russia because they got in trouble for doing a lot of drugs, dude. Yikes! At the last Olympics, drugs. So, it's, still, it's it's still being hosted in South Korea, but they are presenting. They're competing as North and South Korea, but they are presenting right. a united front, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. I the night that was his name Red Griffin Red. Uh, the snowboarder I dude. Think that's anyway, right. yeah. The night, the night, Red won the first gold medal. He's seventeen. He's all pimply and adorable, and I could not go to sleep. I was so excited, and he was so excited, <laughs> and it just made me a night. But while I was watching the Olympics, they inserted at least two different incredible shorts that were just like maybe thirty second kind of TV spots. Yeah, spots um, that involved things from 
the Olympics. So like Jack Jack um, split a curling stone in half with his laser eyes. Oh my gosh, that's oh, hilarious! I didn't see that. And then <laughs> there was another one too. But yeah, then we got a full trailer, and I was really excited about it. And I. I like The Incredibles. It was a little played out for me for a while, but I thought it was so well done. So I'm really, really excited for this to come out. Honestly, I haven't seen the full trailer yet because I'm a terrible person, but I did see Jack-Jack with a curling ball and I thought that was adorable. Mm -hmm. And no matter what the trailer is, I am so stoked for The Incredibles 2 because Mm -hmm. it's a great movie. I have been so busy. And I went to bed at 9 o'clock last night. That's true. She got like a lot of sleep. Yeah, I got like 11 hours of sleep. It was wonderful. (laughs) I was so tired. Look at you being a responsible adult. Right? (laughs) Sometimes. I was only able to actually watch it like once all the way through because every video that I tried to watch, it would cut out like the last like 10 seconds of the trailer thing. And I was like, what is happening right now? But uh, from what I saw, I really, I really like that it's going to be very like Elastigirl heavy because the, you Mm -hmm. know, the first movie was Mr. Incredible heavy. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that like we get to kind of see like stay at home dad a little bit and like the bags under his eyes and stuff and how he can like kind of start predicting like where Jack Jack is going to end up after he teleports and he just like gives him a cookie mm-hmm. and stuff and like Frozen was the Frozen was like that's creepy you know like that kind of thing like I'm really excited for like that dynamic and then also like Elastigirl being like a fucking badass mm-hmm. so yeah. I'm down for Elastigirl being a badass yeah. so so stoked I am adequately excited I'm so down for Adequate. Dash speed skating I think that was the other sport you were thinking of, Grace. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm, I'm, I like how looking at The Incredibles, the first one, and then looking at this one, you can tell that there's been, you know, 15 years of development going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they look really, really different. Like, they look similar, but, like, still super different, like, animation-wise. And mm-hmm. I was like, who are these people? Like, Dash is kind of chunky, and I think it's fucking <laughs> gotta run those handles off i can't mm-hmm. i'm also excited to see how bob does as a stay-at-home dad and yes mm-hmm. i i'm starting this thing where i you guys heard me bitch about it last episode that going in a uh, spoiler free so this may be the only trailer that i watch but since we do this show i'm probably gonna have to watch the other ones so i don't know i'm in a pickle <laughs> I love trailers. They're my f- not my favorite part, but they're I get really disappointed if I don't get to see the trailers when I go to the movies. But I do get that though because I didn't watch the trailer for the um, Last Jedi movie of Star Wars, mm-hmm. and it was a total surprise. I had no idea what the storyline was gonna be, and I think that made it a lot better just because it was all just like, oh hey, what's this? Oh, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it was just really well done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. I've heard people talking about. Um... Thor Ragnarok like what if you didn't know Hulk was gonna be in the movie I haven't seen it I haven't seen it I haven't seen it it's in the trailer Grace I haven't seen it I haven't seen it I haven't seen it (laughs) trailer spoiler oops (laughs) I'm kind of like I'm trying to enjoy the movie I I don't like watching trailers from movies that I'm already going to see if I didn't see a trailer for Incredibles 2 I was going to see it regardless that's fair I like trailers because I like discovering movies that I want to see like Mm -hmm. the post for example isn't something I would necessarily look at a poster of or look at a synopsis of and know that I wanted to see yeah except that it has Meryl Streep in it so that's not entirely true but yeah I definitely wanted to see it after the I saw the preview yeah 
And as long as they don't like play the trailers before the movie, yeah, the movie that you're actually going to see, like oh my god, trailers. Oh my god. That is so ridiculous. What did that happen for? Last night when we saw Black Panther, like everybody's doing this thing now where apparently like movies are dying and people aren't going to see movies as much. So uh, in movies, they're like, thank you for coming to see our film. Here's a little bit of us talking about the film while we're playing things that we you haven't seen yet. Right before you oh, play the no. movie. Yeah. And I'm like, guys, I haven't watched. Let me tell you more watched... about the stuff that you're about to see literally in Yeah. <laughs> and I haven't. Like, I haven't watched a Black Panther trailer in, like, two months. Don't ruin this for me. So, like, I even tweeted about it. Yeah, he literally put in headphones, got on Twitter, was, like, reading over my shoulder because I was on Twitter, you know, like, both <laughs> to try to, like, block it out. But he went, like, the extra mile, like, putting in earbuds, trying to just block everything. And it was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> Spoiler culture is real. Like those people who say, I haven't seen the latest episode of Game of Thrones. Don't spoil it for me on social media. Don't. Because there mm. are those people that mm-hmm. fuck it up for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. I definitely avoid Facebook for funny. until I've seen it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But back to Incredibles 2. Super excited. Hopefully they don't show too much in the movie because, I mean, it's Pixar. In the they can do no wrong. They're about to win another Oscar for Coco. Don't spoil the goodwill. Too true. So this week's matchup is Mulan versus Nightmare Before Christmas. Before we start, I just want to say for the entirety of the rest of the podcast, all 16 of these movies are good. Are they? Mm -hmm. Can you give us a rundown of all 16 that are left? They're not bad. We could say anything negative that we say about these movies. Remember, we like these movies. Anything we say about them is completely what's the word subjective is that the right one um i guess more so objective because you're talking about them as far as just certain points not necessarily what you like more about them if that makes sense i mean you're actually critiquing the movie yeah we have to find a winner somehow if you disagree let us know uh and that'll be fine I just want to say that before we talk about anybody's unless you side with tori about hercules because Them's fighting words. Yeah, then you're wrong. Mm-hmm. So. Tori, do you have a list of all of the movies that have moved on to round three? The 16 movies that are left in the bracket, we have The Lion King, Toy Story 3, WALL-E, Beauty and the Beast, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Incredibles, Aladdin, Toy Story, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, Inside Out, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Mulan, Wreck-It Ralph, and Hercules. Aladdin and Toy Story are the only ones that I'm not terribly excited about. Meh. I mean, I'm pretty excited for Aladdin, but mm-hmm. I just really like Aladdin. And I saw this post today, and it was Jasmine with, like, royalty jewels, and it was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but I love Aladdin. It's great. Jasmine's the best, in case you didn't know. Jasmine's great. I think we've been dragging our feet for long enough. Let's, I guess, get <laughs> yeah. into this. Uh, really it. <laughs> where do you even start let's start with sidekicks okay let's just pick a spot so in our last episode we mm-hmm. talked about mushu and Cricky as great sidekicks and i do i do think they're good i think they add some comic relief as far as ensemble cast goes um i i don't think 
really, I don't know that there's a better ensemble cast in our top 16 that's better than Nightmare Before Christmas. You have so many diverse characters, and some of them don't really have big roles. They'll have a couple lines and songs, but um, like Lock, Shock, and Barrel alone, and Oogie Boogie, and Jack, and Sally, and Doctor... Doctor, what's his name? You Dr. forget his name every Franken. time. For some reason, I, do. I want to say Frankenfurter. Frank, it is, it is Franken, Franken. It's, it's Dr. Franken. Finkelstein. Dr. Finkelstein. Finkelstein. So I think Nightmare wins for ensemble cast. Well, are you talking ensemble or sidekick? Because if we're talking, I'm talking sidekick, then what are you defining as a sidekick in Nightmare? In Nightmare, I think the say. only real sidekick is Zero. Um, right. But I think as far as an ensemble, even when you take into consideration and move on, you've got all of the, I don't even know their names, but all of the main guys in... I know their names. Show off. Tori knows their names. I just watched this today, so... <laughs> and they're good they have that one song, um, A Girl Worth Fighting For, but aside from that, like, meh. And make a man out of you. Really? Yeah. You're gonna discount well, like a man mostly, out of you? That's mostly. That's no. That's mostly. Shang. No, I guess there is that one kind of the bridge area, where they kind of go through. I agree, but it's not necessarily more of an ensemble song as much as um, a girl worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely more of an ensemble. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I think I think a girl worth fighting for is the ensemble song, but the uh, make a man out of you is the. Basically, like, the turning point of, oh, okay, yeah, we can totally be Ping's friend. Like, he's kind of a badass. Look at him go using strength and discipline up that pole, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah. honestly, okay, also, that <laughs> that scene, I was watching it a little earlier today during work because I was supposed to be working and then I wasn't. That scene reminded me of, uh, of in the first Captain America, whenever he used, like, his brains versus his, like, brawn. Yes. And, like, and like you put that flagpole down and mm-hmm. stuff. I was like, dude, that's totally like that moment. That's what it is, you know. Heather confirms that I said last episode that that Mulan is Captain America. Continue. Well, okay, for that scene, I don't know about the rest of it, but <laughs> <laughs> I think if you take if you want to take ensemble songs, you've got a girl worth worth fighting for from Mulan, and then you've got this is Halloween from Nightmare Before Christmas, and this is Halloween hands down wins. Um, you've got all of these crazy characters. They're all talking about what they're doing. Um, they all look very different. It's catchy. The lyrics are clever. As far as ensemble songs go, I will give it to um, Nightmare Before Christmas because not only this is Halloween, they have uh, Making Christmas too. So they have two. Mm-hmm. And I agree that uh, Girl Worth Fighting For is really the only... Well, I wouldn't say the only because they have Honor mm-hmm. to Us All, which is a completely different ensemble. Mm-hmm. There's that. But I think since Nightmare's ensemble is smaller and more compact because it's just the town. In Mulan, you have mm-hmm. Mulan's family and the people in her village. And then, well, basically in Mulan, you have Mo- you have China as opposed to Halloween Town. Um, I don't know about that. I think like the people that you would consider in the Mulan ensemble are mostly just the people that she's training with and then fighting with. Yeah. I don't think you consider like just like and and her well uh, maybe a little bit, but I think I think you can count Mushu and Cricky, but I don't think you count her family because they're never singing. 
I think for Nightmare, her mom and her grandma. Consider... Okay. Um, also, her grandma's totally the real MVP for that movie, by the way. Yeah. She, <laughs> she's like, oh my god. She's great. Rest in peace, June Foray. Grace, I do agree with you. I do agree that musically, Nightmare was a lot better than Mulan, just because I happened to listen to part, listen to part of the soundtrack, too. And listening to Shang be, sing Be a Man, it was terrible, in my opinion. <laughs> just listening to it and not having the visual, his voice is mm-hmm. not as good as Danny Elfman's. Just yeah. nowhere close. And I feel like though Mulan has a lot of really great songs that I really enjoy, I would rather listen to the Nightmare Before Christmas soundtrack rather than the Mulan soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I think for like ensemble songs, I this might just be like a personal thing, but... This whole thing is a personal thing. Of yeah. course, yeah. But Be A Man, I still think that that's an ensemble song because everybody is suffering together. Mm-hmm. It's just like everybody just being like, oh shit, why didn't I do this? Oh god, this is hard. Hope he doesn't see that I'm a fucking, like, that I'm a fucking girl. Hope he you literally know? doesn't see right through me. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Hope he doesn't have x-ray vision. Uh, you know, and so, <laughs> like, that's, that's why I still kind of count that as, like, an ensemble song because in the beginning it's like, mm-hmm. hey... We're going to train you because military. And then it's like, oh, God, we're all suffering. And then, like, Mulan does this really inspiring thing. And then at the end, like, you'll notice that there's, like, a big chorus of everybody actually singing along together. And it's like, oh, okay, now we're, like, a single unit of Mm -hmm. this military for China. That's a good point. Bonding through song. I like Mm it. Both of these I consider musicals. But I Mm -hmm. think about, like, from a musical standpoint, which one tells the story better and I feel like Mulan is a movie with songs and I feel like Nightmare Before Christmas is a musical and I think about we all love Hamilton I have only ever seen a bootleg copy of Hamilton and Same. I yeah, knew <laughs> and I knew the story I'm, I feel very guilty about that but I feel like I have a very solid understanding of how Hamilton would play out on stage even before I saw that version and same with Nightmare Before Christmas. I think the songs really do a good job of telling the story. And for Mulan, the songs add, they're kind of, um, they're like bonus points. They're like bonus execution points yeah. for telling a story. They're like the icing on the cake. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with Grace that as far as the musical goes, I think Nightmare would work better on stage. Because the thing with Mulan I've said this before, I'm looking forward to the live action version because I feel like Mulan can work without the songs. Mm-hmm. Let's go top to bottom. Honor to Us All can work in a montage. Reflection mm-hmm. is us getting Mulan's inner monologue, which can be shown, not told. Mm-hmm. Be a man, another training montage. And A Girl Worth Fighting For is just a traveling song, yeah. which kind of tells us something that we already know. That women in Chinese culture are only viewed for certain things. Being able to cook, being able to bear children. Oh, and they look pretty. Yeah, because they mentioned that with the first song. Yeah. Like, they literally are like, hey, these are our porcelain doll children. They're literally here to serve the emperor Mm -hmm. by bearing sons. Right. Like, that's literally, like, our view of them. They spell it out in that first please bring honor to us they spell it out it's setting the stage which honestly i did not pick up as a kid not at all i don't know but i mean how would you now yes but not as a kid my point there is mulan can work without the songs would nightmare work without its music 
No. I would say no, but, I mean, just because I've grown up with Mulan being a musical, I couldn't imagine it without it. I think we're about to get it without it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Except for maybe, like, Jack's Lament, delving deeper into his psyche of why Halloween, that holiday, is kind of bumming him out. I think that's one thing about Nightmare Before Christmas is so many of the songs are monologues. Mm -hmm. And so if you take that out, we're not used to watching people monologue in film. Um, And especially in animation, we're used to it either with several people or we're used to songs. Um, And I don't know that that would function alone. Yeah. Go with me. Yeah. Sorry, I have. I just had a quick idea. Heather's right. Jack's Lament is probably... Jack's Lament is Jack's I Want Song. Check out our episode about I Want Songs. Mm-hmm. It, yes. Basically, it's the first, second, third song in the film. In this case, it's the second. About what the character's motivation is. Working with Nightmare as a non-musical, the way I think I would do it is Jack is either talking to Zero or talking to Sally in monologue as if it were you know a play or and i have um goodwill hunting in my head with uh matt damon talking to robin williams <laughs> about why jack is tired of being the pumpkin king mm-hmm. he would literally have to have like a conversation with yeah with someone else probably zero and then later be like oh well you can't really tell me much because literally all you do is fucking yeah because singing your singing your motivations is interesting talking to no one about your motivations mm-hmm. as far as a kids movie goes it's kind of boring but i almost feel like they can with most of the other songs i feel like they could either do without or they could show them in a different way a little easier than you know than jack's monologue yeah i agree much. yeah like uh, making christmas could easily be a montage mm-hmm. yeah easily mm-hmm. Um, just because it's just, I mean, it, it already, is a montage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like kidnap Mr. Sandy Claus, like they don't have to sing that, you know, or even the Oogie Boogie song. But if we wanted to strip both of these movies of their songs, I think they could both work without it. I think they would have to tweak a little more with Nightmare than they would with Mulan, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be harder with Nightmare. Okay. So what, what would make one of these movies better than the other? I'm big into storylines and messages. Right. And to me, um, Mulan definitely has a big message and a good storyline and just a good setup in general. Uh, While we don't see a whole lot of character development out of Mulan, she's just kind of in general this badass. Really really the only character development she has is gaining self-confidence. And finding out who she is. Yeah, I was about to say, she goes from being this, like, really lost teenager to being like, oh, so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But that's... Then she goes to being a badass. She has more potential than what... I guess I'm presenting this wrong. Yeah. Her role. And pretty Mm -hmm. much while she's in the Chinese army, I mean, I agree. In the beginning, she's a scared teenager. I guess I was more so focusing on the last half of the movie. She's pretty much just, like, a badass as soon as she climbs the pole. Yes. Like, from then on out, mm-hmm. she's pretty much done developing, in my opinion. Okay. But, I'm sorry, I did completely disregard the beginning of the movie, and yes, there's a lot yeah. of character development yeah. there. No, that's fine. But where I was going with that was, Jack, the whole story, has a lot of character development. He's going through a lot of emotional turmoil, and a lot of, like, okay, I need to actually change something about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both of these movies, I feel like, have a lot of, like, self-discovery kind yeah. of things. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like, Jack... Has his identity crisis. Yes, Jack Mm -hmm. has his identity crisis, and then Mulan is literally, like, probably, like, 15 or something, and it's just like, who the fuck am I? She's having all these traditions, like, thrown at her, and they're like, you have to fit this social norm. She's like, man, but I'm so uncomfortable right now. And then she does something for her father, and in turn for doing something for her father, she finds out who she's, like actually supposed to be mm-hmm. so it's it's a really and i feel like it's yeah it's a really interesting character development plot point for both jack and also mulan because it's a lot of self like growth yeah something that uh i'm the character person i try to be the more all around but in this thinking about it now um the characters are what are important to me something that would help both of these movies and i think something that is a sticking place for me is the romances in both of these movies mulan's is Mm -hmm. a bit obvious and jack's kind of comes out of no well i'm not gonna say it comes out of nowhere what it's kind of an afterthought i agree it's not important until the third act of the movie no okay I will disagree on Jack because of Sally. Jack is self-obsessed and Jack is going through a midlife crisis. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense that he's oblivious to what's going on around Mm -hmm. him and how Sally feels about him. But he also depends on her. He trusts her. We see that when he gives her the task of making a suit and how important that is to him and how important that it's just right. And then we see that she wants to protect him and wants to warn him i don't think i don't think it comes out of nowhere and i don't think i think it totally makes sense based on where where jack is in his mind he's completely obsessive about this new idea and he's going through a midlife crisis right let me change course a bit i think a way to improve the romance is to have more of sally I would, I would mm-hmm. have more of Sally. I wonder... Have more of Jack and Sally interacting. More side glances or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. I don't know. I love the romance of Jack and Sally, but I also like how dirty it is. He does not appreciate her, and he... Okay. And she's kind of... Um, she's smart, but she's definitely wrapped up in, in mm-hmm. him. Um, and I like that it's messy like that. It's, it's not a, a raft or fairy tale and it ends up going in the right place, but that's after Jack's already learned his lesson Mm -hmm. and after he realizes that Sally was trying to help him. I think for Mulan, um, it is kind of obvious, but he has no idea that entire time. Like it's obvious that she has a crush on him, but that's really all it is. And I appreciate that they don't jump into getting married. They get a sequel for all that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Literally the whole sequel. <laughs> I didn't see Mulan. Is there a second Mulan? Yeah. Yes. If Definitely you want to torture yourself, it. go ahead and watch it. It's <laughs> not great. We should do an yeah, episode okay, about these sequels. Yes, I agree. We totally should. Uh, I think we need to do a series of Drunken Disney yes. sequels. I think that's the only way you're going to get that's me to watch fine. some of these. I'm down. Even better. <laughs> this is how we get a four season of yeah. Drunken or of Disney versus. The four season is all drunk yeah. episodes. It's the, the longest episodes. intermission ever from like bracket episodes. Yeah. We did a whole season of nothing but Drunken Disney. Yeah. I'm going to agree and disagree with you at the same time. 
I wouldn't say that Jack is in a, is unappreciative. He's just oblivious. I would say he can't appreciate Sally if he doesn't know. Everything else I agree with. Mm-hmm. With uh, Shang, he's, you know, he's not supposed to be falling in love with a soldier. So there really is no romance. It's a one-sided romance because right. Mulan saves him because she kind of likes him and because she's a good person. And then in the end, it's you fight good. And then sequel. <laughs> That's really it. Casey and I were talking about this earlier at work, and I'm pretty sure we both are on the side of the internet where uh, where Shang is like a closet gay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's like a closet like bi or something. Mm-hmm. Like he like I think he swing like we think he swings multiple ways. Yeah. And or something. So, yeah. But he's like just really closeted about it because just mm. like Tori said you're not supposed to fall in love with another soldier or like you're not supposed to or have like romantic feelings towards you know one of your subordinates slash someone of the same sex don't ask don't tell doesn't exist in the chinese army yes exactly um and so (laughs) and so uh we think that that shang was really confused because he was starting to develop feelings towards ping then he, but he was like, what's going on? Because Ping's a dude. But then she came out as Mulan. That makes so much sense. You could see the betrayal on yeah. his face of like, you've been a woman this whole time. What the fuck? How am I supposed to feel about this? And then later, even with the confrontation of Mulan coming up and being like, you can trust Ping. Why can't you trust? Why? How is Mulan any different? You know, and he doesn't have an answer. And so she makes him think about it while she rides off to the distance to go save China. (laughs) You know? While you think about that. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and so that's why we think that it's, like, a closeted thing. That's why we think it's not just one-sided. He was just really fucking confused and then relieved that she was a chick. And so so his only response was, you fight good. And for me, with Shang and Mulan, it could almost be okay if Mulan were a gay guy just for argument's sake the movie would almost make more sense because uh, from Shang's side Mm -hmm. because it would actually show a different kind of I guess forbidden love interest you know because I mean you see the emotion on his face whenever he says I trust you I mean that is almost as much meaning as I love you or you have my trust is exactly what he said Mm. and the way he said it was just so full Mm. of emotion that I mean he obviously had feelings for pain and in a way Mm -hmm. you know if it would have you know if you wouldn't have had the big reveal it would have made more sense storyline but since that's not the movie that we're talking about (laughs) since they had to cover their asses and be like no he's not gay I I swear you know (laughs) Disney was still covering up the fact that people were gay (laughs) anyway so yeah that's just my whole thing I definitely think that Shang is bi pan gay somewhere in there something somewhere in that community let's move on to a point that you guys already know how i feel about it let's talk about the villains in these movies yes ah thank you i've been waiting (laughs) (laughs) as much as i love his song oogie boogie is not a better villain than sean yu i agree Mm, okay wait (laughs) hear me out how (laughs) how are we defining better villain because (laughs) so (laughs) 
So Sean Yu is 100% more efficient, and he's got a better team of henchmen. But I don't think that necessarily makes him a better villain. Oogie Boogie has an amazing song, um, and he has henchmen who have an amazing song, and he's a good antagonist. Like, he's an evenly matched antagonist to Jack. Sean mm-hmm. Yu is supposed to kick the Chinese army's ass. There's not supposed to be any question. He's a badass. His whole team are, like, amazing experts. And then Mulan comes along. So, yes, he's supposed to be more productive and more efficient. But I think part of what makes a good villain is the balance between the villain and the hero. Um, or the... What's the other word I'm looking for? Not hero. And, yeah. Protagonist. Like antagonist and protagonist. Yeah. The balance between the protagonist and the villain. I still don't know why Oogie's a gambler. Probably how he died. Who I guess just to yeah. signify sin. I don't know. But but I don't think Oogie's a bad villain. Let me, let me clarify some terms. There's mm-hmm. protagonist. There's an antagonist. There's a hero and a villain. Oogie Boogie is a good antagonist. Whereas he is the kind of the antithesis to Jack. And I wish I could go on, but we don't have much to know about Oogie Boogie. We don't know much about Oogie Boogie, apart from the fact that he is a gambler and he has... Oogie Boogie counts as a villain. No, I'm just saying, let me, hear me out, hear me out. The plot is set in motion by the threat of Sean Yu. We see Sean Yu before we see anybody. He is the thing that we are trying to stop. Mm Mm-hmm. Oogie Boogie isn't a threat until he gets Santa Claus. If Santa Claus hadn't been kidnapped, if Jack hadn't taken Santa Claus off the board, we probably wouldn't have saw Oogie Boogie outside of his cameo in the moon in this if this is Halloween. Sean Yu is the thing that we are trying to stop. He is the most important thing to the plot outside of Mulan's character development. This is me not using all the other things that I've gushed over about Sean Yu. Sean Yu is probably the second most important thing, second most important character outside of Mulan. And Oogie's lack of presence and his lack of importance, really, in Nightmare Before Christmas is why I say Sean Yu is a better villain than Oogie Boogie. Mm. Well, one thing I want to say about Sean Yu, and one thing that almost gives me respect for him, is whenever he's going to kill Shang, Mulan is behind him and she says, no, I, you know, it was me. And he turns around and he says, the soldier from the mountain. It's not, oh, the girl or the guy or whatever, and he's not surprised that she's a woman. It's just like, okay, the soldier from the mountain, I'm going to kill mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives him a lot of props for, I guess, a person, which in a way makes mm-hmm. him a better villain, too, because it kind of... He doesn't see different genders. Right. He's, he's just like, oh, you're the one that fucking caused that avalanche? I'm gonna Fuck. kill you. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. in general, mm-hmm. he is just, first of all, creepy looking. He is a lot more creepy and scary to me than Oogie Boogie is. And I agree with Tori that Oogie Boogie wasn't necessarily a huge plot point until Santa Claus comes in. And Sean Yu is terrorizing the entire country of China. From the beginning. From the beginning. Yeah, and then Mulan saved China because he was literally about to dive into the crowd and start killing people. You know? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it was an escape, but if he got into a crowd full of the Chinese, he would have just started slashing away. And he yeah. killed that little girl just to give her her doll back. Yeah, what a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then, you know, <laughs> and had his soldiers shoot one of the messengers, how many people does it take to deliver? And that's just, just one. Yeah. He's cold-blooded. Uh, He's cold-blooded. He is cold-blooded. To kind of tag along to what Grace was maybe hinting at earlier... I think mm-hmm. Oogie Boogie starts out as an antagonist, but then ends up as a villain. Because the definition for a villain is basically like an antagonist, but uh, but um, like furthers the plot. And so in the third mm-hmm. act, that's when he becomes the villain. Because he's like, oh, I'm going to fucking steal Santa Claus. We can't forget trying to kill Jack, too. And he gets Sally, too. He does get Sally. Yeah, he does get Sally too. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. So Very he true. furthers he furthers kind of like that romance plot in a way, and then also just like the plot of the movie in a way. And although he goes down pretty easily, he means well as a villain. <laughs> in villain terms, he means well because he has things that he wants to accomplish, even though they get like foiled really easily. Oogie Boogie, I feel like is a pretty decent villain for the third act, but Sean Yu, I feel like is a better villain for the whole movie for basically kind of piggybacking off of what um, everyone has already said with him kind of being like the driving point for the movie. Well, at least like like the second driving point for the movie, Mulan being the first. Mm -hmm. But what makes him a little scarier than Oogie Boogie is the fact that Sean Yu is kind of doing this for fun. It seems like a game to him. Well, and going off of that too... um... Not only the relationship between Sean Yu and Mulan, but the relationship between Oogie Boogie and Jack. Well, I guess Oogie Boogie in general. I feel like he has a lot more connection just because he knows these people. I mean, we don't know how well he knows them or anything like that, of course. You're talking about Jack to, like, Oogie Boogie. Jack and Oogie Boogie. um, I mean, also Sally. I mean, the only reason he's, you know, fucking with Santa Claus is just because he can mess with Jack that way, too. You Mm -hmm. know, he can mess up his plans. Right. So I feel like there's a lot more of a dynamic Mm -hmm. between the two in that sense because Mm -hmm. there's really not a relationship between Mulan and Sean Yu other than in you know, the last 15 minutes of the movie, which I will say the last 15 minutes of Mulan is like some of my favorite cinematography ever. Mm -hmm. I just think it's great. But I mean, the relationship Mm. between Oogie and Jack, I just feel like is a lot more of a personal vendetta than, and you know, you killed my military. (laughs) You killed my military. (laughs) I think a way that could, (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> I, got a, I know I got a yes. reaction to the grace and like I saw a peripheral thing. So yeah. I, yes. I think a good way to improve Oogie Boogie would have been give him the same kind of relationship to Jack as Hades has to everyone in Hercules. Because I'm thinking about it. If you put Oogie Boogie in the beginning of the movie where everybody's celebrating Halloween and Oogie's just kind of this chastised, everybody loves Jack, Oogie wants attention, everybody is Mm -hmm. against Oogie's way of thinking. If you make him a stark contrast Mm -hmm. to Jack in the way of, this is how we should do Halloween, no, says Oogie, this is how we should do Halloween, and there's like a different, there's an obvious split, I feel like that Mm would have made Mm -hmm. Oogie Boogie a better villain a better character a better part of the story because um it makes it feel more personal Mm -hmm. with jack and with the town Mm -hmm. because it's obvious that everyone in halloween town loves jack 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like Oogie isn't part of Halloween Town at all. And right. his his villainy suffers. Well, because he's more of an outcast. And that's, if you're talking about that way, he's more yeah. of an outcast than he's a an villain. Outlier. Again, mm-hmm. until the third act. But I mean, it just mm-hmm. seems like he's not really a part of it. And for me, with both of these, I would love to have a little bit more backstory on the villains. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I always want more backstory. I think Sean Yu's menace makes up for his lack of backstory because you, yeah, you see him as just a conqueror. You see him as just an outside right. threat. Like we don't have right. any backstory on Xerxes in 300 and he's the whole mm-hmm. thing that they're, that they're warring against throughout the whole movie. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. I think with Mulan, they were like, we built this wall to keep the Huns out. Like, and it was just like a really quick, like side comment. It's like, it mentioned barely like, yeah, like it's to keep the Huns out. And even like with 300, they kind of have like this really quick, just like, yeah, this person's been kind of conquering everybody, but you know, Sparta doesn't want to be conquered and stuff like that. And that's really, and like, that's all we get to. So like with both of them, like the backstory is basically like, mm-hmm. Hey, these people are invaders and we don't want them. Do you have anything else to say? I feel like we've been shitting all over this villain, and I feel I really bad. <laughs> I know. I was. I I love both of these movies, but I definitely love Nightmare Before Christmas mm-hmm. more. They're not really comparable. They're not. We're we're kind of grasping at straws to find some. I mean, comparisons, we gotta be objective but, somehow. Yeah, I still this think this is our I, mission. Should we choose to accept it? Uh, I I still go back to if I was going to sit in a room and watch a movie over and over again. Like, that's kind of, that's been my guiding um, question through this whole series. When I'm stuck, if I had to watch this movie over and over and over, which one would I go to? And I would 100% without even a question do Nightmare. For me, Nightmare almost gets too much hype because it is such a cult classic that a lot of people don't want to sit down and look at the specifics because it's the nightmare before Christmas. You know, it has such, you know, a deep meaning with everybody. Everybody can find such a deep connection with it. Mm -hmm. But with Mulan, it's a movie everybody has grown up with. Everybody really loves because it's happy. It's friendly, but it also goes through, you know, some really dark war times. And I just feel like there's more storyline in Mulan than there is, in Nightmare Before Christmas because you're really just following Jack, whereas with Milan, there's more going on. I disagree. I think I think both of them have pretty direct storylines. Oh, yeah. Yes, in Nightmare Before Christmas, we're following Jack's journey specifically, but we're also following all of Christmas or of all of Halloween Town's journey, trying to appease their king. And through Mulan, we're going through war, and I I think it's interesting that Mulan is set in wartime but there's nothing dirty about it there's nothing like really gritty about i i think when you compare you can talk about gender norms but i don't think we're most of the movie isn't about actual war the the primary conflict isn't sean yu the primary conflict is that mulan is portraying a man and so for me i i feel like if we're going to talk about what has a more significant um, lesson or what has a more kind of dynamic lesson. I think Jack going through a midlife crisis is something that is, that doesn't show up as much in Disney stories. And to be fair, this wasn't a Disney movie initially by branding, at least. I, I kind of 
agree with Grace with Mulan could be a lot dirtier. Explain, okay, so explain what y'all mean dirty-wise, because I feel like her going into war for her father because the Chinese government were like, hey, we're recruiting a man from everybody's family, whether it's the only man in said family. Like, I feel like that's pretty fucked up. Even though he's a fucking cripple, they're like, yeah, come fight for your country. Like, let's go. That's you know not what That's mean? not what I mean. That's not what I mean. Like, that's that's completely... Okay, that's something okay. else. Then what I mean is... Dirty. Yeah, so... So what are y'all talking about? I think because it's a Disney movie, this doesn't feel like a war movie. Shan Yu and the Chinese army only clash that we see twice. Mm -hmm. They Mm -hmm. fight during the avalanche scene. That's one. And then the fight in the the Imperial City. Okay. Mm -hmm. We don't see the, you know, the raising of that village in the Tung Chao Pass. We don't see the death of Shang's father. If they showed us that, I feel like it would add to Shan Yu's menace because we see how how impending he is, and it would show okay. what's at stake. Like he does this to the Chinese army, what could he do to the rest of the city? Like these were trained soldiers; okay, yeah. these were the mm-hmm. best. What will he do to a bunch of civilians? And I guess it's a case of show not tell. So what what what's making Nightmare more dirty than? Mulan because we know that there's death in Mulan. He killed a whole village. We saw an entire army get covered by an avalanche, so therefore dead. The only blood we saw was for Mulan because she got slashed in the stomach, but we do know that other people were arrowed down, not gunned down. Because they don't have guns. Because they only needed one, yeah, because they don't have guns, and they need one messenger, so that person definitely died. That village died. We know that those people at the at the wall probably died for me it's that mental health mental health is more taboo in disney than death without blood wait what is okay so mental health meaning midlife crisis yeah okay okay it's kind of a midlife crisis and then puberty because that's kind of what mulan is going through since she's 15 yeah and she's trying to find her place in the sun Uh uh-huh yeah, I can see that. What were you going to say earlier? Oh, I was going to say, and, you know, the whole field of dead bodies. and Yeah, they just show weapons and, like, hands and stuff. Well, no, they show, like, whole bodies whenever they go to the village that was that um, Shank's father died in. Oh, I mean, yeah, they show that mask right. Yeah, you see. Yeah. Yeah. So, in that sense of dirty, mm-hmm. I would definitely go with Mulan. As far as mental health goes... I mean, it's really a matter of opinion. Is midlife crisis more dirty or is puberty more dirty? You know? I guess I'm still not quite... We're not quite nailing down what dirty is because I just don't understand what you're saying or how you're saying Nightmare is dirtier. Is it, like, grittier because of, like, the animation or darker because of, like, the story? No, no. I just think think it's it's darker because of the storyline. I think because... Because the focus for Mulan isn't actually the war. Like I said before, the focus of Mulan is not the war. It's about her needing to act like a man to fight for her country. The war is tied in through these songs, but really it's about her coming of age as a woman while pretending to be mm-hmm. a man. Um, and I don't, I don't think that compares to Jack's midlife crisis of taking his whole town and changing their role in life or death 
whatever they That's are. why we don't see any dead bodies in Nightmare Before Christmas, because everybody's dead already. That's all we see are dead bodies. Yeah, and you see the graveyard. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's a cemetery. Yeah, so Jax is dirtier because he involves more people, specifically to what he is going through versus Mulan, who I, is trying think... to fake something, and it doesn't directly involve anybody else because really she's the only one that can ha- that will uh, go through the consequences of her choices, right? Did that make sense? I think we need to get away from the word dirty. Yeah. And that, I'm sure that wasn't even your main point either. It was just kind of, we just got confused about what the idea was. Yeah. I got really latched onto that and I was like, we have yeah. time to say. Right. <laughs> I feel like those memes of, of that like really adorable wiener dog when like someone's trying to explain something and they just give you a really blank face and a smile. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's like this really awkward like <laughs> wiener dog, and it's like smiling kind of, and the text is like when <laughs> when your when your bestie explains something to you seven times but you still don't understand. That's 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 me right now. I'm just like what do you mean? Sorry. <laughs> Moving on from that, I guess, I will go into animation really quick. Something that I appreciate from both of them. I really love the consistency in Mulan's, like with like the smoke, obvious like different swirls that they use in Mulan versus like other like cloud formations in other uh, Disney movies, maybe except for Hercules. They're kind of, they're pretty similar in that sense. I like the consistency in Mulan and um, for Nightmare, I actually really love the fact that they use claymation and then also animation for like the ghosts because it's really hard to uh, (laughs) to have like claymation ghosts but see through them because they're solid objects, you know? So I really love like the play on the two, um, different types of animation that they try to use in that. We haven't really talked about that, Mm -hmm. but both of these added huge technological advancements to their fields. Mm -hmm. Um, Mulan specifically had the whole army scene where they duplicate a large number of people. I forgot that that was the first time, or one of the first times at least, that they did that. Yeah, so they were able to computer animate a large number of people instead of animating them all individually. Mm -hmm. And then Nightmare Before Christmas... I think if you're going to compare the technological advancements, Nightmare Before Christmas has it hands down, but Mulan did have right. that. Mm-hmm. Um, Nightmare Before Christmas had, we've talked about it in the past, the lighting alarm um, that let the stage know if something wasn't, if one of the lights wasn't on. Um, doing claymation alone mm-hmm. was extremely tedious. And and mixing animation with claymation, I, I don't think there's any doubt that from a production standpoint. And I honestly don't know. I mean, there are claymation movies made now. Like Coraline uh, and yeah. uh, Coraline. Wallace and Gromit. Thank you. Uh, Chicken Run. Kubo. Wallace and Gromit. Also Kubo. Kubo is, I think yeah. a recent one, right? Well, that was like last year? Wait, it was late 2016. One of the things I loved about Mulan, again, I was gushing about this earlier, the last like 15 minutes of that movie for me are so great. And part of it is the animation with the fireworks. There's a lot of detail that goes into the fireworks. And um, Heather had mentioned smoke. The smoke that comes with the fireworks, and it's those big booms. And another thing going back to smoke, whenever they're in the um, in their ancestral worship place, which is called... Like their shrine or their temple? Temple, or... yeah. It, mm-hmm. There. Yeah. And they have the smoke coming from Mushu. That's very detailed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the paper lanterns are very detailed, you know, the, 
I, th- I just feel like it's a lot of detail and it's done very well. And yes, the claymation is a huge technological advancement advancement. And I think it really made nightmare what it is because if nightmare was na- animated, it wouldn't have worked as well because it wouldn't have given it really that darkness and that depth in just the picture. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. to me, they're almost equal in their fields. I mean, with a lot of this, they're equal in their fields. Like, I mean, like you said earlier, we're really grasping at straws because they're really great in their own separate ways. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. hard to compare the two. Mm-hmm. The art style that you guys are talking about in the production of Mulan, they actually did use Chinese art style as the in the in the animation words. Okay. Because in the beginning, the calligraphy <laughs> that draws, you know, the opening of Mulan, they use that art style throughout. That's why you see the swirls in the in mm-hmm. the uh, smoke and everything, mm-hmm. because that's a Chinese art right. style. Mm-hmm. And to be definitive, I mean, that's great, but Nightmare Before Christmas created an entire animation genre with stop motion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We talked about Snow White a couple weeks ago. Nightmare is the Snow White of stop motion. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I agree with that. I just feel like if we just want to completely kill this category, then yes, Nightmare kills it because they use claymation. But to give Mulan a chance, the animation in that movie was really good for what it is, and I really respect that they stuck to it being a Chinese background. Mm-hmm. So, wrapping it up, Tori, what's your vote? As always, don't start with me. <laughs> you know how this uh, goes. You know how this goes, Grace. Okay, ladies. Um, well, as a guest, um, I will always defend Mulan. Mulan's my favorite. I love it. So, Mulan. Bleh. <laughs> Bleh. So, Grace's choice is... Uh... My choice is Nightmare Before Christmas. <gasps> <laughs> Heather. How do we do a tiebreak? That's kind of what people? I've been wondering this whole time. Uh, rock, paper, scissors? We can go ask Tori's downstairs neighbor? We could flip a coin. We could flip a coin. I don't think he's home. Well, let's see what the vote is before we worry I have about a coin. That. Well, no, we have, to, we have to worry about it just in case for like future reference. So do we want to flip a coin or... We flipped a coin when we did the loser's bracket. Okay. So, Heather. Guys, I'm always last. Why are you asking me? Tori, go! Tori hasn't gone yet. You must decide. I'm going to go so that he can figure out some shit. Um, But I'm going to choose Mulan because I think that... I know, Because I think the message of trying to find yourself um, in her sense with, like, puberty and all that other stuff that we talked about, I think that is more impactful to the age group that they're shooting for Mm -hmm. than a midlife crisis with Nightmare Before Christmas. Tori, I have a nice, shiny penny. <laughs> Look at that sparkle. And also maybe some bribe money. <laughs> Are you going to mail for the penny? some Abe Lincoln? <laughs> uh, also, think about how much you would break my mom's heart if you chose Ulan over Nightmare Before Christmas. But also Christmas. remember that I live closer to you than she does, so. But I, but yeah. I love her. My mom's pretty persuasive, though. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just kidding. But I love I Trish. Like I don't want to break Trish's heart. <laughs> you already have to explain why you She like literally has her. simply meant to be engraved on her ring. Yeah, yeah that's 
that's true. I forgot about them. Based on our conversation, Mulan has a better villain, better sidekicks, but Nightmare has better music, better innovations. Uh, it's debatable whether, you know, finding yourself is better than Jack's midlife crisis of, you know, what you're meant to do against what you're what you want to do. Which I honestly feel like are kind of the same thing, by the way. I can't decide, so I'm going to let the coin do it. Heads Mulan, Tails Nightmare. Dun dun dun! Heads. Heads. No! Heads Mulan. Boo. Okay. Okay, so... Moving on from this round is Mulan. Uh, Grace, do you want to do a... This was... Before I bring that up, this was really tough. This is a good discussion, and I was really swayed. That's why I ended up not being able to choose. What was your original choice? Because you did tell me. Before we started, my choice was Mulan. Okay. Mm -hmm. Before we started, my choice was Mulan. What made you lean more towards Nightmare? Looking at the flaws... I assume the innovation and the music. Looking at the flaws in in Mulan. Because I love Mulan on the strength of Sean Yu's Menace and Mulan as a character. Grace, do you want to do a fresh Drunken Disney? Because we've done both of these before. I feel like let's just rehash them out there i think if i were to come up with rules they'd pretty much be the same i'm guessing the one from mulan is anytime a song starts anytime mushu does something comedic and um you can drink every time someone says the emperor Mm. i would say drink every time someone says mulan but there's that whole middle section where she's not known as mulan yeah but there's mushu and singing so we're covered um is that what the rules were no it's uh Drink every time a song starts, drink every drink for every joke Mushu makes, and then drink every time Mulan does something against a gender norm, which would also cover, I mean, I guess the whole mm-hmm. middle section. For sure. But it's, it's kind of vague. It is a little vague. So any, how about any time someone says ping or Mulan? Okay, yeah. That works. What are the rules for Nightmare? The rules for Nightmare were... Drink anytime a song starts, and then drink anytime someone says Jack, Halloween, yeah. or Christmas. Yeah, I like that one. It's there's it's a super high school musical drinking challenge, and one of them is drink every time you see a basketball, and then like finish your drink every time they start singing. So and get your head in the game. I literally oh, went dear, through yikes. like two drinks immediately. <laughs> that um, no, my friend and I like because the rules were ridiculous, and my friend and I got wasted like thirty minutes into the movie. Like we couldn't finish it. We were so toasted. Jesus. Thank you. Thank Casey, you for having for being me. On the show. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I really liked it. Like I said, I've listened to like a couple of episodes, and it was just like, okay, I'm really excited now because <laughs> she would talk about it at work all the time, and I'm just like. Okay, but I want to be a part of this, too. I want to talk about Disney, because no one wants to talk about Disney. I'm like, but why? <laughs> this is fun. I'll have to bring you back for uh, a bonus totally episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I am not as busy as Heather, so. 
That's true. Do you have any plugs? <laughs> plug, 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 plug. Like Instagram or Twitter or Facebook if you want anybody to follow um, you. Or do you have a YouTube channel? I am channel? legit not in the social media game. I mean, I literally have Facebook and that's it. <laughs> and all I post are shitty memes. That is fine. <laughs> but I mean, hey, Casey Nicole Butler and figure out how to spell my name. Because <laughs> my dad spelled it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can find us on most social medias. On Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Versus. On Twitter at Disney VS. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review and let us know what you think. Tell us how we're doing. If you leave us a uh, nice comment, we will read it on the air. If you send us a dank meme on Facebook, we will laugh and maybe talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and give y'all shout-outs, because we love that shit, by the way. We love giving shout-outs. Yeah! Hi, Mom. Hi, Grace's Mom. Hi, Grace's Mom. Please don't write me out of the will. <laughs> Heart. <laughs> Hi, Grace's Mom. Uh, we can also be found on Google Play Music, where you can subscribe and give us... Uh, 8.25 dragons. Yeah! How do you get a quarter of a dragon? Out of five. You cut off the tail in a way. Oh, okay. Yeah. The tail. Okay. Yeah. Because they probably yeah. regenerate, right? Thank you for listening, as always. And we will uh, see you guys next episode. Bye! Bye.